Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. If you are a CRNA, a busy mom, or a busy CRNA mom, or a woman looking to permanently lose weight, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Brittany Kolb from Weight Loss by Brittany. I'm a busy CRNA mom and certified life and weight loss coach. And like you, I not so long ago struggled to lose the weight and keep it off. But once I shifted my mindset and learned how I could use my brain to reach my weight loss goals, everything changed. I was able to lose 40 pounds and knew I had to share the secret with others. I'm here to help you achieve your permanent weight loss goals by uncovering what might be holding you back. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. If you are returning, welcome back. And if you are new, welcome. My name is Brittany Kolb. I am a certified life and weight loss coach and I'm a practicing CRNA and owner of Weight Loss by Brittany. And I help busy moms and women in healthcare really do the deeper work necessary to gain control around food and lose weight permanently. And in this podcast, I am going to talk to you guys about lessons from weight gain. Okay. So I have got to drop some like honest truth on you all. Since I lost all my weight, I'm a little froggy. I'm getting over strep throat. Um, so you're gonna have to excuse me. I'm going to clear myself a little bit. Um, Ever since I've lost all my weight, periodically, I have gained bits of weight back. And I tell you this because when I tell my clients this, they instantly feel better because they're like, holy shit, like you're human too. And the fact of the matter is, yes, I am human. I still have to work on this stuff periodically. But here is the difference, I think between who I was before and who I am now and who my clients are after they complete the program is that we are all equipped with the awareness, the knowledge, the tools, the resources to figure out what's going on, identify the issue, work through whatever they need to work through to be able to lose the weight again without an issue. And the other thing is that because of being a member of my program, my clients, and obviously myself, have access to me via an alumni Facebook group where they can reach out for help and, you know, like have me, you know, answer questions or ask me questions and things. And they have access to free monthly group coaching calls. And again, all for free, because I know that weight loss is an ongoing process and having a lifeline and continued support is crucial for your success. And this is why I have this integrated into my program. Um, Some of my clients, they work with me for a brief period of time and they are solid they don't need or want any more help from me. And that is totally fine. And other clients, they reach out and they participate in these group sessions and they take ownership over knowing if they need or want more help. That's just part of the process. They're like, you know what? They know themselves, they know their own brains and they know, hey, I think I need a little help because guess what? I'm human. I need help too, right? There's no problems here. It's just We know one of the things I think is the most amazing things about women in healthcare. And one of the things that I've always taken and I've always really admired about other people that I work with is that we know when we're in over our heads and when we need help, we know when something's going down and we need to ask for help. We know when we have like a little 
spidey sense in our system and we're like, uh, something doesn't seem right here. I need to get more eyes on this situation. I need to get more hands on deck. That is what we are very, very good at, especially in our jobs in anesthesia, where it's like something doesn't seem right here. We need to escalate the situation quickly so we can do the best thing we can for our patients, right? We know this also about ourselves. We know inside when something isn't going right, when something doesn't seem right. And it's awesome to have that lifeline, to call in another CRNA, to call in a doc and be like, hey, something doesn't seem right here. What's going on? In this world, in this Weight Loss by Brittany world, call me in. I am here for you, right? And that's what that's the support that I want to give to the people in my program and the, my alumni as well. So this, I am your person to call back and be like, hey, something doesn't seem right here. I need help, okay? So again, if they need more help or they want more help, I provide a platform and a space to continue to support them if they need me. I know and have benefited from ongoing support. And I know others do too, which is why I have these systems in place for you and my clients to ensure their lifelong success. So that's an aside. So in this podcast today, I want to tell you the stories of three different times where I have gained back a bit of weight and how I've used what I've learned in coaching to figure it out and get right back down to where I needed to be, where I wanted to be. So first of all, let's talk about like goal weight or weight range or whatever. And I don't care what you want to weigh. It doesn't really matter to me. Everybody kind of has an idea though of like where they feel best in their body. And that might not relate to, that is probably, it, it might relate to a size. It might relate to a, a series of numbers on the scale. I know for me, I live in a certain three pound weight range where when I'm in that weight range, my body just feels better. I like the way I feel in clothes. I just, I like the way my body moves, you know, when I'm walking, like I like the way my body feels when I like bend down to weed things in my garden. Like there's just this certain place where I just, I feel my best. I really do. And I'm also very short. I'm five, three. So a little bit of weight makes a big difference on my, on my kind of smaller framed body. And so I really try to stay within that range. And I have a protocol set up that really works to keep me in that range. Okay. So I always tell my clients, we're really looking at like, we're going to set, you know, whatever, if you have a number in mind, we can set a number. We it usually works itself out with whatever it is, like, however they feel, if they feel really good at a certain weight, I don't care what the number is. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't really matter what the number is. It's how do you feel? That's what's most important. So we, that number, whatever that range will reveal itself, usually dependent on how you really feel and in your body. And then I say, okay, we're going to like take whatever that bottom number is and like be, be within about a three to five pound range of that number. So I always say like, choose the bottom number, add three to five. And that's kind of where we're going to live. And we can expect normal fluctuations in weight um, from hormones, flour and salt intake, things like that. Right. So we'll expect our weight to go up a little bit about like within that three to five pound range, and then like drift kind of back down within again, that three to five pound range. No one lives at a particular weight. Um, it just doesn't, you just, just don't like live there. It just doesn't happen that way. 
And again, we know it's transient because it typically goes back down in just a couple of days. Like if I go eat sushi, my weight's going to go up about two to three pounds from the sodium from the soy sauce because I really use a lot of soy sauce. And then I know it is going to drift back down. Okay. But here's the thing. If you're at the tippity top of that, of that range, or even just slightly outside of that range, and it's not coming down, that weight is sustained. It's not just like a natural fluctuation from hormones, salt, or like a big flower influx, like an, that is uncharacteristic of your normal protocol, for example. Like that's when we probably need to make some adjustments. So again, for me, when I'm at the top of my weight range, if I gain one or two more pounds, I just don't feel good in my body. So I liked one of this start, starts to happen. Like I, when I see this happening, I'm like, oh, I've been living here for a while and I don't feel good. I know I need to make some changes. So like I said, this happened to me three times somewhat recently. And it's funny because each time had a different culprit. So the first time this happened, this happened, I really like had just gotten kind of busy and I've gotten kind of loosey goosey with my protocol. And I started experimenting with the idea of like, like, okay, like, when I eat things that are off protocol and I just like eat them to my, if I'm till I'm satisfied, like, let's just try doing that for a little while. Let's just see what happens. Like Monday nights in our family, it's edamame Monday. We usually eat like a combination of like dumplings, fried rice and edamame. It's a really busy night. I usually work a little bit later. Sometimes the dog goes to puppy school. So there's a combination of like early dog drop-off, kid drop-off, child pickup dog pickup. You guys are like no stranger to this plus a uh, T-ball. And then I do a fair amount of coaching on Monday nights as well. So it's just a busy, it's, there's not very much turnaround. There's like an hour turnaround from home to like back out and like bedtime and whatever. So it's just kind of crazy. So we try to keep dinner really easy and simple. And so one Sunday night, my husband was like, oh yeah, also on Edamame Mondays. Um, you know, like I said, we do edamame, dumplings, fried rice. And then on a Sunday, one day, my, my husband was like, Hey, like, let's consider doing these like pork buns. We found these pork buns from Trader Joe's. They're these like super delicious little things. And we eat them with hoisin, which is like, like sugar fest and have that in during our edamame Monday in lieu of like dumplings or fried rice. And I was like, yeah, okay. My kid will always eat edamame and dumplings, fried rice and um, pork buns are another story, but that's okay. And I was like, yeah, let's like give it a shot. It's not normally the way that I do joy, but like, let's just see how this works for me. So like I added that, like those pork buns in a few additional Mondays, for example, in addition to my normal joy eats. And like, honestly, it worked fine for a while. I, I maintained my weight. It was fine. There was no issue. So then I started to push it a little bit more again. Like I started getting a little loosey goosey with my protocol. So Tuesday is taco Tuesday. And typically I just do like a taco bowl and I omit the tortilla, which is like super easy. Right. But then one day I was like, oh, well, like adding in these pork buns every once in a while, like didn't really impact my weight. Like what if on the off weeks that I'm not doing pork buns, I can do a carb balanced tortilla, you know, with these, with these bowls, which like, again, by the way, no real reason why, like I enjoy my, my taco bowls. I was just like, oh, like I'm just, you know, like, like why not just add this back in? It's not a big deal. And I was maybe like 
what did I, I'm writing. I'm like, I've got like notes and I'm like kind of going back and forth here. I was maybe like a pound above a goal of where I was, like where I wanted to like really live, but it wasn't a problem. Right. I, I didn't really care that much. I was just like, okay, let's just see what happens. And then I started experimenting with like different lunches at work. I'm typically like an overnight oats girl. This summer I've been done, doing a lot more stuff for my garden though. Cause I'm kind of like, it's like ignited a whole different level of waste mentality that I'm going to do another podcast on, but I'm like, I've grown it in my garden. Like I want to eat it and I want to enjoy it. I want to find a way to enjoy it. So like, you know, I'm like, if, if I grew some strawberries, I'm going to bring some strawberries if they're not overnight oats, whatever. So I typically was doing like overnight oats and veggies and, and, um, some sort of dip. And I started experimenting with new lunches. This is all at the same time. We're adding in pork buns, we're adding in car balance tortillas. We're still doing regular joy, which is usually like some combination of like wine and ice cream. And, um, I really wanted to try this chia pudding, which still I'm, in keeping on my protocol because it's awesome and if you you need to look at my instagram i'll put up i should do like a, a, a post on my website for it because it's so good this chia pudding is amazing um it's on but it is on my social media if you're looking for it but like it was different it's different nutritionally it's a different combination for my body my body probably like has different insulin spikes from it and so and i think there is a little bit of artificial sweetener in there which I think also did potentially increase my desire for sweets. So like before you know it, I was at the top of my weight range sustained, right? I had gained, you know, I was about five pounds beyond where like the bottom number is and I was living there. Okay. And I was kind of continuing to do what I was doing with the pork, the pork buns and the car balance tortillas and the chia pudding. And after a little while, when the weight would like not come back off, when it was like, not just like a, like a, like a little transient fluctuation in weight, which my clients, we all weigh ourselves daily. So we know like how foods affect us. So we don't get concerned if we have like a cookie and the weight goes up a little bit. It's not a big deal. Um, and at this time I was just like, well, this just doesn't work for me. Eating pork buns and car balanced tortillas and ice cream twice a week and wine and this chia pudding. It, it, it was a complete like, it's like I took my protocol and I blew it up and I just like threw it back together again, right? Like th that combination of things is not consistent with achieving the weight that I wanted and the, the weight range that I wanted where I felt my best. And so notice like it wasn't like I, you know, beat myself up over this. It wasn't like I was like, you know, oh, I'm messing up. I was just like, you know what? This just didn't work. This, this just doesn't work for me. And to be honest too, like I, you know, I like, so going back to, again, my notes, cause I need to like stay focused on what I had wanted to tell you guys. Again, I essentially thrown my protocol out that the, th the protocol that I utilized to like lose and maintain my weight, which I knew and I loved, And I trialed adding a few more things on a routine basis and it didn't work. And Frankly, I didn't feel great. I felt more sluggish. I was more foggy. I felt more tired. I didn't feel great in my body living at that range. So what I ended up doing is like, I went back to my regularly scheduled protocol and everything kind of settled back out. I was back where I wanted to be. I was feeling a lot better. And it took, like, it really took me looking at what I was eating, getting curious and realizing like, hmm, 
this combination of foods does not work for me. And I don't feel great eating these things. So let's go back to eating the things that keep that help keep me like at the weight that makes me feel so much better and it'll all be fine. And that's exactly what I did. And like I said, the weight came back up. Like, again, I kept my cool. I was able to be like really scientific about it and look at it from like genuine curiosity rather than from like judgment or failure for gaining weight back. And I was able to solve the issue really quickly. Again, like previously, if I had ever like at whatever point the scale stopped going down on whatever weight loss journey I was on, whether I was doing like Weight Watchers, which was was the usual culprit or some sort of like other calorie counting attempt or keto attempt or something like that. Or, you know, as soon as the weight stopped going in a downward direction, it immediately went back up in a very steep upward direction. Like it was like, I couldn't help but like go to like, I'm messing up. I'm a total failure. I know I couldn't do this. This isn't going to work. I'll try again next time kind of mentality. Right. And like, none of that is useful. You guys, none of that's going to help you get where you want. But when you approach this from like, Hmm, it looks like this combination of foods just really doesn't work for me and what I want to achieve for myself. Right. Like it's not punitive. It's not judgy. It's just factual. It's just like, huh, I guess that didn't work. No big deal. Let's go back to the thing that does work. And I love that, right? I love overnight oats. I love vegetables. I love all this stuff. I love taco bowls without the things. I love those hoisin. I love those those pork buns and I'll still eat them. I'll just go back to eating them as joy rather than eating them as my regularly scheduled meals. So, all right. <laughs> second time this happened. The second time this happened, totally different situation though. Like, same, like same, I'm still in the same weight range, but like I'd gotten to the tippity top of that weight range again, not feeling great. And it, it was sustained. It was not going back down. And I had to look at, like, I had to, again, get really curious and figure out what was going on. So the second time this happened, I had developed an over desire with coffee for coffee with heavy cream, really not coffee necessarily as much as the combination of coffee and cream. Like it's good. It tastes good. So I drink iced coffee and heavy cream all year round. And I started, when I first started this whole process, I started by measuring out one tablespoon of heavy cream in the morning with my coffee because it doesn't break a fast. Like again, especially while I was losing the weight and I was being really strict about my fasting windows and things, um, I would just drink coffee in the morning and I'd like sip on it at work. And that was it. When I lost weight and I was sustained there, like I got a lot more lax with it. I stopped measuring. I really had like, and it, it had no effect. Like I'd stop measuring and it was just like, oh yeah, whatever. I'm just pouring this in. And like the coffee I drank in the morning didn't matter. But pretty soon though, rather than drinking coffee just in the morning, I started drinking coffee. Like when I got home from work, I started drinking coffee all day while I was coaching. I started drinking coffee all day on the weekends right? And pretty soon I was having iced coffee with heavy cream, not just a tablespoon, but just like just willy-nilly pouring it in all the time. And I thought to myself, one of those like kind of thought errors, like, oh, it's not a big deal. This isn't going to spike my insulin, like blah, 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 like, right? Like, and like it 
well, one tablespoon isn't going to spike your insulin, but the amount of creamer that I was putting in my coffee really probably was. But in my brain, I was telling myself the story like, oh, this isn't a big deal. This isn't going to cause any problems. Like, it's just a little sip. Like, it's just, I'm still going to be in a good fasted state or I'm still going to be, it's not like a snack or anything. Like, totally telling myself all of these things, which realistically are not true. So, Again, I started to notice the number on the scale, like kind of staying in that spot. It had already crept up and then it was like really just sticking there. And I started getting really puzzled as to why, like I was back on my regularly scheduled protocol. I was chilling there again, really easily. And then all of a sudden I was back at the top of my rate range and I was really cued off too, because at a certain point I never started feeling hungry. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, why am I, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm never hungry. And I was like, something is not right here. So again, I got curious. And with that curiosity, I looked in the refrigerator and I started noticing how quickly I was going through these like quarts of heavy whipping cream. And I looked at the label on the heavy whipping cream, which I had only really done just to look at like sugar content, which is nothing. And, um, and I got, and oh, and I guess calories, whatever, not from like that standpoint, but just because like I had read somewhere where like, if you, as long as it's less than a certain number of calories, you're not going to break an insulin fast and it's like straight fat. So anyway, because again, in my world, I'm really only worried about insulin fasting. So um, at this current moment, although that's kind of starting to change. So, um, but I noticed how quickly I was going through quarts of heavy whipping, like quarts, right? So then I looked at the label and I realized that an entire container of heavy whipping cream is like 3000 calories. And I was going through like two of those a week. And I started measuring how much heavy whipping cream I was probably using in each one of my coffee drinks. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, between all the drinks that I have, I'm probably drinking like a cup a day of this stuff. Like, holy shit. Like, that is so much heavy cream. Thank God I realized this so quickly because uh, who knows how good that can really be for your body long-term, my God. So, so no wonder I was like, that's insane. I was like, no wonder I was at like the top of my rate range and not going anywhere. No wonder I wasn't hungry because, you know, of heavy cream is like straight fat. And so it's good you feel satisfied when you eat fat, you feel satisfied. That's why I have my clients have so much fat in their meals because you feel comfortable. That's why like eating low fat is you feel terrible all the time, but you never feel hungry if you're eating fat for the most part. Um, other than when you're supposed to for meals. So, so let's see, I wrote, I realized it was that I was consuming so much of this stuff kind of unknowingly. Right. And I, and I didn't think it was like a problem but it was a problem. So I did like what I knew how to do. Like, and I did the same thing when I realized I was going through one of those big jars of like Costco nut butter a week. I realized like, because I was doing this, like kind of out of habit and I kind of had like a desire for like, Oh, I want like a little coffee pick me up. Oh, I want this like thing. Or, Oh, I even want like a little break. For example, I broke out my urge jar. I did the same thing when I had an over-desire for peanut butter because I'd come home from work and I'd want like a little thing of peanut butter. I'd be like, oh, well, it's on protocol. It's not a big deal. But like, did it work out? Like, does it work? Like, I don't want to be thinking about peanut butter like that. Like, I just want 
to eat peanut butter like in my smoothies and in my in my um overnight oats and my chia pudding and like on an apple and peanut butter you know but like I don't want to be eating peanut butter like that so um so I realized my desire for coffee had really gotten pretty high I put a lot of emphasis on coffee. So I needed the urge jar to kind of help stop myself and like bring awareness around the fact that I was opening the fridge for a sip of coffee and like just its presence of it living on my counter reduced the amount of coffee that I was drinking almost immediately. I went from having like a cup of cream a day to like probably a third. And I also got really curious again about like what I was using it for. And honestly, I'm pretty sure I was using it to give myself a little dopamine hit. Like I said, a little break, a little distraction. And I started refocusing on making sure that I was carving out little bits of time for me. And that if I needed to check out to just do that, just to allow myself the ability to check out for a couple of minutes And that I didn't really need the fridge to like justify that need or like the coffee in the fridge and like a little sip of coffee or like a step away to like justify that. I could just check out. And after all of that, (laughs) I stopped drinking so much coffee. The weight came back off. I tried drinking some tea. For example, I have like trialed some like really nice summertime teas just because I enjoy. And I really, I've, I figured that out like in the OR. It just gets so cold and it's just so nice to have something warm, like a nice warm thing in tea. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to work through all of that. So that was like pretty crazy. That was like a pretty like crazy moment for me where I was just like, no shit. I am going through so much of this stuff. No wonder I'm here. So yep, guys, I'm human. Like I'm totally human. Okay. And sometimes I still do eat peanut butter with a spoon. Okay. I'm human. It's okay. I love you, especially that Brazilian nut butter from Trader Joe's that's now discontinued and I'm so sad. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Oh, so yeah. So I also have a couple of notes here on desire. So I wanted to share some notes on that. So I think people seem to think what I notice in my coaching is that like desire is like some sort of problem. Like if I have enough of this food, then I won't want it. Or if I don't see this food, I won't want it. Or there's, it's, but desire is like normal, like wanting to eat something or drink something is a totally normal thing. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no problems with that. It's how you manage that desire that will like determine your results. And like desire doesn't have to go away for it to, for you to like not react to it. Sometimes, so many times people think we have to like solve for this desire because it is truly like can be physically uncomfortable when you like actually get out of your head and into your body and you realize like, okay, what does this desire really feel like? Oh yeah, that doesn't feel good. No wonder my brain's convincing me to make this feeling stop, right? But like you actually don't have to react to it just to make it go away. Like it can just be there. You can have the desire and coexist with it and let it be there. It doesn't have to be negotiated for in the moment. It can just be anticipated, kind of witnessed, felt. Because honestly, like unanswered desire eventually does go away. And you think you'll you will think that you want it more, you want more, that it'll feel uncomfortable, like not answering that desire, for example. And like that's okay. 
it's like part of that discomfort that we have to get start getting used to feeling like making the desire go away is not even really the goal when it comes to allowing urges just being able to like sit and feel it is actually the goal at first like just being comfortable with like unanswered desire is the goal to start because unanswered desire eventually goes away you break that pathway down so and then eventually we can coach ourselves in the moment and start think start thinking differently about these foods like but it just starts with feeling the dis- the discomfort of unanswered desire okay so that was just a little aside like desire is not a problem and you're always going to have desire like i still have desire for things like i still like there are certain things i literally look at them and i don't give a fuck about i don't care like candy in a candy bowl on in the office in my work i don't care i just don't like donuts that people bring i don't care cupcakes meh. it depends on the cupcake sometimes i have desire for that and that's okay right like it's fine it's totally normal like can't like we still have candy from Easter sitting on our, um, on our dining room or on our kitchen Island. I just don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. There's like loads of ice cream in my freezer. I don't care. I mean, I like those ice creams. I'll eat those ice creams. They don't, they don't like, they don't like yearn at me, but certain things, there are certain things I still do have desire for. And I don't really care. I'm actually those things. I'm like, you know what? I want to want those things. I'm okay with wanting those things. Those me wanting those things does not create results that I don't like. I'm cool with it. (laughs) Right. It's when we have this over desire for things that we, that are really not serving us and we're reacting to that desire and it's not giving us the results that we want. That's when we have to really work on it. So I have to take a sip of water and I refuse to edit my podcast in depth because it just takes a lot of time and I just don't want to do it. So, okay. So finally, um, the most recent time is that it was just straight old buffering. The most recent time that I've, I've gained weight, I told you I have three times. This is the third tale of the lessons of weight gain. And, um, it's just straight emotional buffering where I'm just using food and I didn't really want to for, because I was having a really hard time emotionally. So, and as a baseline emotional eater, this is going to come up for people and and it it is normal for this to happen. Like no one would be in my program if they didn't have an emotional relationship with food to start that they had to solve for. Like that is like I'm a product. I am like a recovering emotional eater and I'm still obviously like dealing with it to the point where, yeah, I was at like the top end of my weight range in a sustained way. And this time it was really from emotional eating. And so I have been dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life and a lot of really horrifically uncomfortable emotions that I really wanted to avoid. I did not want to face them and I did not want to feel them. And so I found myself, you know, rather than you know, spending the evenings doing what I usually do, which is like, you know, reading or, you know, doing some work with my husband or sometimes, you know, creating content and recording podcasts for you guys when I'm inspired, um, doing, you know, um, courses for my coaching programs, like things that I, I do a lot of self-development as a coach to, to just continue to build on my knowledge base. And so anyway, as an aside, but, um, 
instead of doing those things that I really, really, really enjoy, um, I found myself kind of like I would have a glass of wine at the end of the night or plan for a few extra pieces of dark chocolate when I hadn't really planned for it or wasn't even hungry. And again, the wine was unplanned as well. I found myself like kind of buying things compulsively and distracting myself a lot with gardening um, all because I didn't want to do which what I needed to do, which was feel and process my emotions and deal with my personal problems head on. And I even told my husband one night, I was like, something isn't right with me. Like when I get into this state of like consumption mode, buying lots of things, seeking out lots of things for pleasure outside of myself, I know something's not right. Like I could just feel it in my body. And so I worked it out. I did a lot of work on my brain. I felt a lot of really uncomfortable emotions. I worked through a lot of stuff and now I'm here and I'm not eating chocolate or drinking unexpectedly. I am like present with myself. And after working through all of that, I now feel so much better. Like notice like doing the mental work made me feel better. Not the chocolate, not the wine not the beer, you know, not the, you know, not all these other, not the buying things, not the new composting system that I have, you know, not the weeding, not the tomato plants, but like really diving in, having those tough conversations, feeling those horrible emotions, facing my fear and discomfort head on is now what's made me feel better. And now I am on the other side of all of that. And the weight is, you know, slowly coming back off. And I'm back to creating rather than consuming, which is what I really enjoy doing. But again, I had to do a lot of my deep and personal work, which is why there has been such a lapse in these podcasts. I was very focused on my groups, which I have going right now, and my one-on-one clients, my handful of one-on-one clients. I was very focused on them what they needed. I was very focused on me and what I needed and my family and what they needed. And that's why, again, I didn't have the capacity to um, create these things for you, even though it was on the back burner, it was in the back of my mind. I had the notes for it, but that's why there's been such a lapse because I had to do what I needed to do for me. And um, again, I needed the time to do the work on myself so that I could show up for you all. So, so again, notice three different times where there is a a drift. And again, I don't, I weigh myself daily still because I, again, the scale I think is like a good barometer of what's going on for me. And like, just, it just keeps me in check Um, and keeps me in check with really myself. So I can keep showing up for myself the way I want to Um, notice. Like I don't, I don't, don't let it to get like to sizes or, anything like that. I don't do that. Like, I'm like, nope, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to do the hard work. We're going to figure this out. But notice again, I didn't like beat myself up and I didn't like assume I was doing anything wrong or I didn't say I was like slipping. I didn't go there because again, like that's not useful. And that's where I didn't want to be. And like, again, totally different reasons, three totally different solutions. 
Again, all of which I am fully equipped to handle because my brain is now wired differently thanks to coaching. I was able to get curious. I was able to get compassionate. I was able to show up for myself. I was able to figure out the issue and move myself back to where I wanted to be. And the other thing I want to mention again is that it's really easy to go to the place of, I know I couldn't do it. I'm totally messing this up mindset. And sometimes it just takes some coaching to bring you back out of that space and bring you back into the space that will give you the results that you want. And again, this is why I have my alumni program. It's a constant lifeline available to you. So you know that I'm there. You, of course, like have to join the Facebook group if you want to be like able to like, you know, be in that community and message me and whatnot. And of course, join the calls, the grouply in the month, um, the grouply, <laughs> the monthly group calls and reach out for help. You know, like I just had a beautiful group alumni session the other night and everyone was feeling a little bit stuck in certain places and we worked through it. We figured it out and we have a plan now to like move them forward. It's like amazing, right? They all came, they showed up, they showed up for themselves. They're amazing, amazing, amazing women. But I do, and we, this is exactly how we do it. So I do have an update that I wanted to share with you about the alumni program. And if you are listening, if you're already one of my alumni, anyone that has already gone through one of my programs or is currently enrolled in one of my programs will always have access to my alumni program for free because they are grandfathered in. This will this will remain indefinitely. You are if you are already in, you are in, you are in for life. Awesome. And this next group that will start in July, which again, only has a few spots left, will be the last group, which will have access, free access to my alumni program. So if you want to be grandfathered in, if you want to have continuous access to me after the group coaching program is over and access to free alumni group coaching calls, come join my next group starting this summer. Okay. And if you want to learn more about how to be the person who has the knowledge and the awareness and the tools and the skill set to be able to show up for yourself in this way and figure this out, this is exactly what I do in my intimate group coaching program. And you can come and join this community of women that are taking the next steps and doing the deeper work necessary to figure out their weight once and for all. My next group is come starting in July. Let's get this done, my friends. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast today, you guys. I know it was lengthy and I know my voice sounds horrific and that's okay, but I wanted to get this done for you. So I will see you all next time. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. And if you like what I shared today, you should also check out weightlossbybrittany.com for even more great weight loss tips, some of my favorite recipes and mindset tools that I use to lose 40 pounds. Once there, you can also book a free consultation with me, Brittany Kolb, your certified life and weight loss coach. <laughs>